Good morning. It's Saturday. I'm in the office. You know what that means. The Saturday Morning Hustle podcast today, we're going to talk directly to younger people, the younger generations, the Gen X, the Gen Y, the Gen Z, the Zoomers, the Gen A, the Alphas. That's right. Everyone 30 and under supplies to you. And if you're over that, you still are wanting to listen to this because there are things that you can apply to people in your life who are going to fit into the conversation I'm talking about today. Now, it's a generalization. Not all Gen X, not Gen all Gen Y, not Gen C, not all millennials act this way, but a great deal of them do. And you guys need this hard truth, the love bombs I'm going to drop on you today about how to adjust your attitude if you really want to make change, if you really want things to be different, and to break this cycle of constantly being a victim and feeling the need almost to be aggrieved by everything that happens around you if it doesn't happen exactly the way you want it to be, if their people have a, opinions that you don't want, expect, reserve, etc. So let's have some conversations specifically. Quiet quitting. I'm going to go into the details of why that's a stupid ass idea. Sarcastic emojis apparently that young people won't use now and only old people use. And I'll explain what I mean by sarcastic. The fact that you, you know, will go into that. And then defacing art and private property as some sort of perceived justice when there's no correlation from what it is you're destroying and what it is that you think is causing the problem. So those are the three topics we're going to get into. Let's go right back to the top. Let's get into quiet quitting. What this is are younger people in the workforce, instead of just quitting their job, instead of the great resignation or going to work from home, working remote, but going into the office every day with the intent of doing the bare minimum, just enough to not get fired in order to somehow save their energy, their strength, their focus, whatever it is that they're not putting into their work for their personal life as some sort of cosmic work-life balance. A really dumb idea. Also because at the same time, these same people are expecting raises promotions, and to work their self up the corporate ladder, if you will, in order to have opportunities in the future. These are people who want to be future leaders who then think that somehow putting effort in at work, doing their best at work, takes away detracts from their personal life and ruins their work-life balance. So a lot of people don't really like the concept, the terminology work-life balance. It's that work and life does not have to be, and life is anything that's not work, right? It's a react, react, uh, not rec- recreational, family, or otherwise. So there's work life, and there's, there's everything that's not work. Supposedly, that's the balance. The problem is, when you call something balanced, it's a 50-50. It has to be as much of this as as much of that. And that's not a realistic proposition to not only having a job, but building a career, building yourself personally building your own skill sets, building your own experiences, creating relationships with people that maybe can help you in the future, proving your worth, proving your value, proving that you're dependable enough so that you can be given more responsibilities, create new opportunities, you can move ahead, you can move forward. Some people are afraid of failing. The first time you do anything, you will fail. The first time you do it, you're a rookie. Everyone starts at zero, but you can't get better. You can't get experience. You can't be the person who fails it goes from failing to succeeding until you do it your first time, your second time, your third time. And you can't do that if you don't accept more responsibility. You can't accept more responsibility if you can't prove 
with the responsibility that you're given, the basics, the minimum, that you're capable of not just doing but excelling at, being the best choice to be given the next level of responsibility because you did so well with your current level of responsibility, not doing the bare minimum. So this idea, number one, that there's work-life balance. Don't achieve work-life balance. Achieve work-life flow. How your personal life and your outside work habits and interest and energy and focus and excitement and passion can be flow, can flow into what it is you do at work. Find a job that allows you to facilitate, to pursue, to be curious about, to be engaged in, to be active in the things that are interesting to you, the things that you can have passion for, develop passion for, or you have passion for. Now, this is an ideal situation, but in order to sometimes get to that job you want, you need to take the job you need. You need experience. You need relationships. You need to prove that you can do these other things, the things that lead up to the job that you're looking for, the job that you wish. And trust me, from experience, once you get that dream job, it's not what you thought it was going to be. So the focus on a dream job, a specific idea, it has to be this, this job title, this level, this paycheck, whatever, this responsibility, the ability to to be in charge of other people, whatever it is that you think makes the thing you're going for, the job, the title, et cetera, the thing, it typically isn't once you get there and you once you gain the experience and you, everything it takes for you to go from where you are now to where you're getting to, of course, you need to set a next level and move forward again. But getting there, you realize that your focus is typically in the wrong places. So keeping focus on having flow in your life, being the best you can be in every aspect of your life, go to work, be the best you can be at that job, then go home. And be the best family member, the best friend, the best neighbor, the best member of your community. If whatever you do for fun or recreation, be the best at that. If you play softball, if you play online sports, if you macrame, if you create art, if you play a guitar, whatever it is you do, that's not work, that's not family, that's not responsibility, but are things that you enjoy, that you want to do, essentially you would do for free because you enjoy them. Strive to be the best at that for yourself. It's not about becoming Eddie Van Halen. It's not about becoming a rock star, but about playing the guitar, playing the instrument, painting, painting something, etc. that makes you feel a certain way. You can do the same thing with your job. Have pride, personal pride in what you do, and then express your ability to handle responsibility, which will then create opportunities for you in the future that will then put you in line for that thing that you you envision as your dream job. Quiet quitting, doing the bare minimum, thinking somehow not putting effort in at work allows you some sort of extra happiness outside of work is a really dumb idea, honestly. And anyone doing this, and if it pisses you off, I don't really care. It's really dumb. You're being selfish. You're being lazy. And you're trying to put some sort of term on it of work-life balance or reclaiming your time or reclaiming your energy. That is just honestly bullshit. So stop doing it. If you're one of those people that are doing it, if you admit it to yourself, you can move on and become better. If you can't admit it to yourself, but you know deep down inside you're doing it, hopefully this is getting through to you. If you know someone who is doing it, if you know someone who is not putting anything more than the bare minimum in at their job, have a conversation with them about how They use that job that they have now to develop skills, to develop experience, to create relationships, to build upon 
responsibility they have in order to gain more, in order to get them to the job that they want. That's the reality of life. You got to earn your way through and people call it paying your dues or whatever it is. And it's not so simple as if you put so much time in, you can get there. But if you don't put any effort in, if you're not part of the team, if you find yourself to be so much more important than everyone you work with, for the organization you work for, for the people who actually pay you so that you can pay your bills and be a member of society, that's just super selfish. So cut it out. Same time, flip side, there's a thing called quiet firing where bosses are holding back responsibility and sort of stunting the professional growth of people that they don't appreciate, they don't like, they don't get along with, et cetera. That's dumb too. So if you're a boss who is quiet firing, stop doing that as well. If you have someone who doesn't work in your organization, have a conversation with them. Find something that can work for them. If it's not in your organization, help them move out of your organization to something else that works better for them. That is a win-win. That's how you create better culture internally. That's how you build responsibilities and relationships externally. So stop the quiet quitting, stop the quiet firing, be adults, step up, take on the responsibility, earn the level of respect and your next level of responsibility. That is how you move along in the world. And the idea of work-life balance, get that out of your head. Try to create flow, try to create synergy, try to create personal feelings, personal pride in everything you do so that you build experience that you will always have. You build expertise you will always have. You build knowledge. Put things in your head that you will always have with you that you can take to any job that you take, whether it's a different industry, something altogether different. The ability to start and finish, the ability to manage things, the ability to take on responsibility, live up to it, and do better than expected will always benefit you, will always move forward with you. Just because no one knows I did this X, Y, and Z in this job, that is not important. You know you did X, Y, and Z. You know that you didn't know how to do it. You tried it. You failed. You learned. You got better. You moved on. You finally mastered it. You know how that process works. It's always inside of you. Take that to move forward. So stop quiet quitting. Stop quiet firing. And the next thing, this is for young people too. There was an article that spawned a bunch of articles from it recently talking about the fact that there are certain emojis, you know, the one, the little pictures on your phone, the little thumbs up, the heart, the poop, all of those things, the the smiley faces that we use in text messaging, that we use in communication these days on social media, et cetera. And there's a certain list of these that are considered old or only old people do use this. Now, this is an age old conversation where young people want to set themselves apart from old people. If you're listening, you can't see me on the video. I'm making the air quotes old for old. Trust me, I'm someone who chronologically is considered old, but I have my hand in so many things that I, I, and I'm not too far removed from when I was cool and young and hip. So I remember how these things go. Young people always want to separate themselves from old people, but young people today want to separate themselves for different reasons that I find to be quite honestly silly and limiting to the young people. So I'm not trying to yell at you because I'm angry at you, young people, because you're aggrieved by these these emojis you think are old again, but because you're wanting to find excuses to not do things because you claim that somehow it hurts your feelings. Honestly, buttercup, suck it up. Your feelings are most of the time irrelevant when it comes to small things. Now, your feelings are important in being treated with respect, when being treated properly, being a member of society, being a member of your personal relationships, whether acquaintances, friends, close relationships, 
romantic, family, otherwise. Those relationships, those connections, the way people treat you, how your feelings are about that, that is important. Even how your boss treats you, how your coworkers treat you, how people in society treat you as a human being, your feelings are valid and relevant there. When people you don't know who are not in any way trying to hurt your feelings, just living their damn life, it, when that insults you, when that impugns your integrity, when that makes you triggered and you can't cope, you can't handle it, a load of bullshit. And if you're triggered by emojis from the old people because occasionally, one time, somewhere in the world, someone used the thumbs up, the heart, the okay sign, the check mark, the poop emoji, the crying smiley face, the monkey with his hands over his eyes, monkey see, monkey do, the kiss, the wave, even the grimacing smiley face. These are the top ones that young people think older people use sarcastically. You know what I'm saying? They give you a back-ended compliment. They say, hey, that's great with a thumbs up. And what they really mean is, I think you did a bad job and I'm being sarcastic by saying that's great or thumbs up or I love it when I don't love it or a checkbox, you got it, as opposed to I think you could do better. These are perceived sarcasms, potential sarcasms, potentially saying something opposite than what it's intended because some element of the the audience, 1%, 10%, 20%, 70%, don't agree with the outcome, don't agree with your effort. And so they give you a negative cloaked as a positive. It doesn't happen that often. It's relatively rare. And for you to honestly not want to use emojis anymore because someone might use it sarcastically, do you understand how dumb that sounds? Stop being aggrieved by everything. Stop being insulted by everything. Stop trying to make yourself a victim of everything. Reserve that for real victimization. Reserve that for things that really affect people, not stupid emojis that you refuse to respond to and you refuse to use because someone somewhere one time gave you a thumbs up and instead of meaning that was a good job, what they really intended was, are you kidding me? This is what you call a good job? Like get over it, get past it, get through it. By the way, those ones I listed, the emojis I listed were from that article uh, about percentages of them that are considered to be off limits by young people these days, especially the uh, the Gen Z and what they call Zoomers, et cetera. So the last thing I want to talk about today, which I think is possibly the worst, it's definitely in the news right now. You're going to understand what I'm talking about. And it's the worst because it the lack of connection to reality and the fact that people are defacing and destroying and vandalizing things that are not theirs. It could be something that is for the public good, like a Van Gogh painting that recently had tomato soup of all things thrown upon it, or the Mona Lisa when Trump, someone tried to vandalize it recently, or I just read an article today about some young people who glued themselves to automobiles in a, in a Volkswagen showroom to somehow create justice for the climate or for the planet, for whatever the hell it is they're talking about. It's hard to even talk about because there isn't causation and correlation here. So if you're angry at a political leader, at a, at a specific person, if you're angry about oil wells, go chain yourself to an oil well if you think you need to stop oil production. 
if you're angry at the politician, go to one where they are going to be and express yourself vocally. You can say things, you can have a sign, don't get crazy. I'm not telling you to go and assault people. That's illegal and it's wrong and it doesn't get your point. In fact, it dilutes your point. So if you really want to protest, if you really want to get people's attention, do things that are related. Trying to claim that you're bringing awareness to climate justice because you threw tomato soup on a Van Gogh painting is dumb. It's stupid. And it actually makes people hate you and not want to come to your side of the conversation, to not want to be on the same side as those stupid kids who throw tomato paint and and soup on world-renowned paintings that have nothing to do with the climate or whatever injustice it is that they're protesting. Now, if there's a person who has said things or have done actions that are grievous, you can, again, go to the place that they're going Go to their place of business. I don't recommend this. I don't appreciate it when it's private property and you're and you're impugning everyone else's life. But if you're angry about Hollywood's treatment of women, go protest at the house of the of the people who do that, or at their movie lots, or don't go see their movies, or go online and make a post about it and do make comments about it and create some conversation there. But if you're angry about climate change, if you're concerned about natural resources, if you're trying to save the whales, don't glue yourself to a Volkswagen in a showroom. Quite ridiculous. There's no correlation. There's no relationship. No one's going to see what you're doing and say, this is a good idea, and their passion for it has drawn me to their cause. In fact, it's going to turn people off to your cause. Even better now, it goes back to the first two comments we're talking about today, about how young people demand respect. They want what they want now. They don't want to earn anything, and they're automatically aggrieved by everything. They really feel victims in these situations, even situations they create. The young people who glue themselves to the cars and to the floor, the Volkswagen dealership, were then very angry when the people at the Volkswagen dealership turned off the lights, turned off the heat, and didn't go out of their way to provide them an ability to use the bathroom. That's right. You glued yourself to the floor. You're going to have to piss yourself. That's just how it goes. If you're going to show your commitment to the cause, stay there as long as you have to. You have to piss your pants. You got to do what you got to do to prove that you find your cause to be valid. To glue yourself to the floor, but then demand someone else takes care of your bodily functions and keeps you comfortable the whole time, really, essentially, takes all of the commitment you've made out of the conversation. I'm willing to protest if it's comfortable and safe and easy. Stupid. There's no real commitment there. So how does all this add up to something that you guys can use? Again, I don't want to just yell at you and tell you you're stupid. If you're one of these people who thinks this is something that makes sense in your life or there's someone in your life that it makes sense to them. So how does this all go together? Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you, Three things that to bring this all together and, and try again, try to motivate you to do the right thing for the right reasons and stop doing the things I think are misguided. Number one, you do need to learn lessons and hard lessons give you the biggest learning opportunities. Tough losses teach you more than easy victories. So take those hard lessons, take the 
I don't know how to do this, but I will start at zero. I'll become, I'll be the amateur before I'm the rookie, before I have any expertise. Take that job that you don't like, but it pays your bills, but be great at it. Find something inside of yourself. Add those, those experiences, add that information, add that knowledge, add the skill sets, add the muscle memory, whatever it is to you. Keep all of that internal. Take the lessons, learn the lessons. The hardest lessons are the best lessons. Embrace them. Don't shy away from them. Don't be angry when your boss gives you the hard part of the job. Take it as an opportunity to prove that you can master the hardest part of your job. Be positive about it. Don't be a victim. Look at everything as an opportunity. And even if that boss is not a good boss, even if they won't ever appreciate the effort you're putting in, even if your coworkers won't push you to the effort, if no one in the world is going to know that you did your best, you will know you will also understand how you can apply yourself, your attitude, your approach, everything to any and all problems and situations in the future. Do it for yourself. Learn the lessons for you. If you can then prove that you've learned the lessons, that you've gained the experience, that you have handled the responsibility and you have a good boss or correct boss, You'll get another opportunity and the potential for you to move forward, to make more money, to end up in the position you want as opposed to the position you don't presents itself. Or you could be stay, stay angry, you do the bare minimum, and you'll never move yourself forward because you won't be capable because you don't learn the lessons. That's number one. Number two, tough losses teach you the most. Do not be afraid of taking tough losses. Do not be afraid of, honestly, looking like a fool occasionally. Because that feeling is very temporary. The effect is very temporary. It goes away. People will forgive you for it. They'll let you move past it. And then you have the experience. You have the lesson. You've learned something from it. You'll never go back to that level. You'll have mastered that and moved to the next level, the next level. So temporary losses, tough losses will teach you. They will move you forward. The sting that comes with it is very temporary, will go away quickly, and no one's going to ever hold it against you, especially a year, two years, five, ten years. Trust me, no one at this point in time is going to look at me and say, in the mid-90s, you made some serious mistakes. Your business had some failures. You lost a ton of money. You lost some clients. No one's going to even go back to 2000 or 2015 or 2020 and say, you made these mistakes. That means you're a failure for your entire life. People do not recount those things but you will have the lessons learned to move you forward. So embrace the opportunity to lose big and learn those lessons and move forward. Tough losses will teach you the most. Lean into them. Do not shy away from them. And do not be pissed off when you're giving, given the task that you find to be the hardest, the most difficult, the least likely for you to overcome. That's where the lessons are. Embrace it. And ultimately, trust me, from someone who's been there, who early in my career and I mean early by a teenager I had my first business when I was 15 and I, and I and I went worked through high school through college through my adolescence in a, in an industry that people kept telling me I would never have success in I broke a lot of rules I did a lot of things people said you couldn't do I did accomplish a lot of things people said I could not accomplish but you have to know the rules if you can so that you can break the rules in ways that actually matter let me break that down for you 
if you really want to make change, if you want to make industries better, if you want to make the world better, society better, if you want to create opportunities for other people for whatever reason you think they don't have the opportunities, whether they look like you, they dress like you, they come from the same place you come from, they have the same ethnicity, the same background, the same connections, the same DNA, whatever it is, you think other people are not getting a fair shake and you want to make that possible. You have to understand the system. You have to know the rules. You have to work within the system to understand how to break it in the right way. You can't just simply break shit. That's what children do. That's what animals do. You have to know the rules in order to break the rules in a way that is meaningful. So stop being angry about opportunities presented to you because they're not the ones you're looking for and stop being a victim to the system Get in the system, learn the system, learn from the system, establish yourself, and then make the changes you want to see, even if it doesn't benefit you. In fact, especially if it doesn't benefit you. If you make your job at your your place of employment today better than it was the day you took it, and then you get advanced to another job, or you move out of that company to something else, do not be mad that someone, the next person comes into that job better than you did. Be happy you created the opportunity for them and be happy that you understood how to do it. Know the rules to break the rules in the right ways. If you want to make real change, you have to do it within the system, within the process. It has to start somewhere and that starting place is a commonality that's inside the system. If you know the rules, if you can explain why the rules are bad, if you can explain why why they're holding people back, why they're not beneficial, why there's a better way of doing things, not in relation to how you want it, how you think it should be, or utopia, but in these systems, these rules, these processes are not as effective as they can be. They're not as good for the people, for the product, for the outcome, whatever it is, the planet, whatever it is you're trying to protect, whatever it is you're trying to change, whatever opportunity you're trying to create. If you can explain that what we have now is not doing it, but this can and will, if you move in this direction, if you make these changes, the potential to make those changes, keep those changes and move forward in a better way goes way, way, way up. If you just say your system sucks, you're old, you don't know what you're talking about. If you don't like it, we'll tear it down, we'll burn it down, we'll throw tomato soup on it, we'll glue ourselves to it, we'll throw a temper tantrum, we'll be sad about it and we'll cancel you online. That approach is never creating change that's going to be sustainable, meaningful, or beneficial to anyone except for the person throwing the fit. So lean into the idea of know the rules to break the rules in meaningful ways. If you take that from this conversation today, you're super happy. It's Saturday. I'm in office. You know what that means? I appreciate you guys listening to the conversation to my rant, my old man telling you to get off my lawn. I had to get that off my chest. Next week, I'll be back with something a little bit more uh, upbeat, motivational, positive, probably a little bit business focused. We're going to go start going in more of a business direction. And there's some big changes coming up soon. Not just the changes I've been talking about in the previous episodes, but the concept of change and real, tactical, tangible changes to this podcast, podcast studio, my office space, and other stuff coming up. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Leave a comment, leave a review. I'd appreciate it very much. Even if you want to tell me that I'm wrong, that I don't see things right this way, leave that comment. We can have a conversation. I promise you, I will not flame you or cancel you. Share this with a friend. If this doesn't apply to you, if this conversation today doesn't apply to you, share this with a friend who it does. Whether it's someone 
who is acting in this way or someone who maybe has a, a, a young person in their life who is acting this way. Let's help everyone get to a better place in the world. Get your Signing One Hustle, Entrepreneur EF, and Coffee and Donuts swag at the swag store, SigningOneHustle.com, right? Follow Engage on social media as well, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and the Facebook fan page. Appreciate it very much. Don't miss an episode of Professional Balance. There's one up now, The Imposter Syndrome. That's the bonus series I put out on the last Monday of each month. The one up now has been up for a minute. There'll be another one at the end of this month, currently Imposter Syndrome. Kind of dovetails into what we had a conversation about today. So go check that out as well. All the info, all the past episodes, all the bonus content, all the swag is at SaturdayMorningHustle.com. See you next week. Saturday Morning Hustle. Saturday Morning Hustle. Saturday Morning Hustle. Wake up and keep chasing your dreams.